Hello, everyone. I wish you a very warm welcome back to our podcast. And in case you celebrated, I hope you had some very nice Easter days. I am Rika, and this is a podcast of Promote Ukraine called Ukraine Up to Date. And we bring out this podcast every week um, where we put together the most interesting, relevant, and important topics and events about Ukraine and uh, talk a little bit about it. So, in case you want to stay on top of things that are happening in and around Ukraine, don't worry, we keep you up to date. And without further ado, let's start with this week's hot topics. The Minister of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine, Dmitry Kuleba, states that Ukraine and its partners observe Russia systematically aggravating the security situation in the Donetsk and Luhansk regions and in Crimea while refusing to reaffirm its commitment to the ceasefire. I uh, quote the diplomat. Russia's current escalation is systemic, the largest in recent years. Russia's actions have brought the situation to deadlock, and diplomacy is the only way out. Moscow must cease escalating military tensions immediately and unconditionally reaffirm its commitment to political diplomatic means of resolving the conflict and to the ceasefire. According to Kuleba, Ukraine, together with Germany and France as Normandy format mediators, make everything possible to encourage Russia to engage constructively in negotiations. Other partners of Ukraine, including the US, Canada, the UK and NATO, also support Russia's continued engagement in negotiations. And to quote the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine again, Whatever disinformation Russia may provide now, I would like to assure that Ukraine prioritizes political diplomatic means of resolving the conflict because peace and human lives are fundamental values of the Ukrainian state. Okay, so at least 80 members of Russian diplomatic missions in Italy work for Russia's main intelligence services, so the main intelligence directorate, the Federal Security Service, and the Foreign Intelligence Service. Uh, this is reported by La Repubblica with reference to the Italian Counterintelligence, the Internal Intelligence and Security Agency. As noted, the task of these spies, under the guise of accredited diplomats, is to collect classified information and recruit new agents. Italian Navy Captain Walter Biot was uh, one of them. According to the Italian counterintelligence data, Biot intended to give Russian agents a USB drive with classified documents on it in exchange for 5,000 euros. On the 31st of March, the Italian officer was caught in the act of handing a secret documents to a Russian military official. Biot worked in the general staff. A total of 181 photos of classified documents were found on the USB stick, including nine identified as highly confidential and almost 50 as a secret NATO document. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Italy summoned Russia's ambassador to Rome to lodge a formal protest. Two Russian diplomats uh, were expelled, and they were not detained, however, because of their diplomatic immunity. Wow, that sounds like a movie, but that's obviously reality. Well, France and Germany have different stances on the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline, but discussions are ongoing between the countries to find a common vision for the project. Um, yeah, this is what the Minister of State for European Affairs of France, Clement Bonne, said. He noted that, I quote, We are wary of this project because it creates dependence on Russia. 
The day before, the German Federal Maritime and Hydrographic Agency, the VSH, rejected the request of two environmental organizations to ban the gas pipeline construction in the economic zone of Germany. The German Nature and Biodiversity Conversation Unit, so the NABU, and the environmental organization Deutsche Umwelthilfe, uh, fear that pipeline works will have a negative impact on the marine ecosystem and bird sanctuary. Authorities ruled that those fears were unfounded. Meanwhile, the Nord Stream 2 AG consortium, uh, which is behind the construction of the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline, made a statement on growing security threats to the project. Consortium senior official Andre Minin pointed out that the project's fleet had been the target of regular provocation by the foreign civil and military vessels. Well, according to him, the number of cases of low-flying foreign planes over the Nord Stream 2 vessels has increased in the second half of March. According to Nord Stream 2 AG data, the pipeline is 95% complete. Currently, about 121 kilometers remain to be built. The United States, Ukraine and the Baltic states actively oppose the construction of the pipeline, fearing that the Russian Federation will increase its influence in the European energy market. At the same time, the German government advocates completing the construction of Nord Stream 2 upon condition that gas transit through Ukraine is preserved. Lately, there has been a lot of talk about the active movement of large number of troops and equipment. Moscow's formal explanation, scheduled final inspection of military units and preparation for the West 2021 strategic exercises. At the same time, former commander of the United States Army Europe, Ben Hodges, believes that such a show of muscle flexing is a challenge for Joe Biden's administration. Chief of the Ukrainian general staff, Ruslan Homchak, cites figures. So, apart from 28 battalion tactical groups already concentrated near the Ukrainian border, Russia may deploy 25 BTGs more. According to the Defense Express Ukrainian media outlet, Troops of western and southern districts conducted exercises in the Rostov region, Volgograd region, Krasnodar Krai, and the occupied Crimea. Land forces, army aircraft, and ships of the Black Sea Fleet were involved in the maneuvers. Iskander missile systems were also used at firing ranges. The drills began in late March and will last several weeks. The West 2021 maneuvers, which will have international status and will be deployed mainly in Belarus, are expected to be much larger. The preparatory stage is underway, with Russian generals visiting Minsk for talks. On the Russian side, these exercises are overseen by Chief of General Staff Valery Geramisov, known for drafting the doctrine of New Generation War, which uh, the Russian army implements in the war in Donbass. Gerasimov doctrine provides for the simultaneous use of not only a military component, but also economic, informational, humanitarian, and other means of influence in the interstate conflict. Among the tasks discussed by the exercise organizers is the creation of a single, for Russian and Belarusian armies, combat training center for joint exercises for the Air Force and anti-aircraft defense. Such a center should be located in the Grodna region, western Belarus, closer to the EU borders. Moscow has long put pressure on Minsk seeking to deploy a military airbase. 
Lukashenko postponed the issue in every possible way, but he makes concessions now that the political situation in his country has worsened. Under the guise of a training center, Russia now essentially is able to deploy fourth-generation SU-30 fighters in Belarus. The West 2021 exercise could result in an increase in the presence of Russian troops in Belarus. Such fears were expressed during similar maneuvers in 2019, but those predictions did not come true. It should be understood that the first exercises entitled West were held in the USSR in 1981. It was the largest strategic operation since World War II. At the same time, the troops of the three districts in the Soviet Army and the armed forces of the Warsaw Pact members practiced combat missions in Belarus, the Baltic States and Poland. The theater of operations was chosen not by chance. It, uh, it actually was a kind of intimidation action against the background of the Solidarity Movement rallies in Poland. Well, Putin probably inherited a passion for such maneuvers from his predecessors, and the main goal of the West 2021 exercises is to demonstrate the strength and intimidate the Western countries and their allies. Ukraine takes such a display of power seriously. The other day, a bill was passed that allows the conscription of reservists into the army without announcing mobilization. The German Chancellor Angela Merkel, President of France Emmanuel Macron and President of the Russian Federation Vladimir Putin discussed a number of issues, including the escalation in Donbass, uh, during talks via video conference. According to the Kremlin's press service, Putin accused Ukraine of I quote, provoking the escalation of the armed confrontation on the line of contact in Donbass uh, and of refusing to take ceasefire measures. He demanded that Ukraine fulfill all the agreements previously reached within the framework of the Normandy format and Minsk. At the same time, the Elysee Palace notes that the need for Russia to make a firm commitment to stabilize the ceasefire in Ukraine and develop ways out of the crisis in accordance with the Minsk agreements was underscored during the talks. The website of the German government states that the leaders of France and Germany called on Russia to hold a Normandy format meeting in order to fully implement the Minsk agreements. In addition, it is noted that the political advisors to the Normandy 4 leaders will continue to work together on this issue. And as a reminder, the intention of the president of Russia to discuss the situation in Donbass of Ukraine on March 29th became known. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine condemned those plans, though. Since the beginning of the year, the number of ceasefire violations in eastern Ukraine has increased significantly. On the 26th of March, four Ukrainian servicemen were killed on the line of contact. This is the greatest loss suffered by the armed forces of Ukraine in a single battle since the beginning of the ceasefire, which uh, was established in July 2020. Ukraine took part in an event called Human Capital Project Ministerial Conclave 2021, dedicated to discussion of investing in human capital for environmental, sustainable and comprehensive recovery in the post-pandemic period. The event took place as part of the spring meetings of the International Monetary Fund and the Board of Governors of the World Bank Group in online format. The conclave was attended by representatives of 80 countries, development partners, donor organization and the private sector. To quote the Minister of Finance of Ukraine, Sergei Marchenko, 
Epidemics, climate change, political conflicts, migration are just some of the challenges facing the world today. Amid all this variety of problems, the development of human capital is the basis for growth of national economy and strengthening of Ukraine's competitive position in the world. According to the World Bank data, Ukraine's human capital index was 0.63 in 2020. And yeah, it is worth noting that this indicator exceeds the average of countries with similar levels of economic development in the world, but is currently lower than the average of Europe and Central Asia. For Ukrainians to fulfill their potential to the fullest, it is necessary to invest more in targeted education, healthcare, and social protection. Well, the key issues of the conclave were restoration of human capital system in healthcare and education sectors, solution to the jobs problem in pandemic and post-pandemic period. And the participants also discussed investing in the fight against inequality and disproportionate impact of the pandemic on the poor and vulnerable around the world. Then we also have creation of sustainable service delivery systems through reasonable financing and improving, modernizing social protection systems, and also possible impact of investing in human capital on creation of comfortable jobs. So expanding economic opportunities and ensuring environmental and financial sustainability. In conclusion, the minister raised the issue of gender equality in Ukraine and spoke about the implementation of Swedish model of gender responsive budgeting. In 2020, Ukraine became a full-fledged member of the Biarritz Partnership to achieve equality in ensuring rights and opportunities for men and women. This has already resulted in new commitments to grant parental leave to both mother and father and implementation of legislation to combat domestic, sexist or sexual violence. Um, and just as a quick background information, Ukraine was one of the first countries to implement the World Bank's Human Capital Project as part of the Social Safety Nets Modernization Project and Serving People Improving Health Project, Ukraine received additional funding of $450 million and $135 million, respectively, from the World Bank to save lives and build capacity to support the most vulnerable part of the population and preserve jobs amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Withdrawal from the Kharkiv Accords concluded with the Russian Federation will be a consistent political decision and one of steps in the process of deoccupation of Crimea. Um, yeah, well, this is at least what the Deputy Prime Minister and Minister for Reintegration of the Temporary Occupied Territories of Ukraine, Alexei Reznikov, believes. According to him, the Kharkiv Accords destroyed Ukraine's naval potential. And to quote him, it is important for Ukraine to demonstrate its consistent position in the deoccupation of Crimea and the city of Sevastopol. The denunciation of the Kharkiv Accords is a simple political signal. It will help bring the situation in line with common sense as there is an oddity. Sevastopol and Crimea are occupied by Russia. However, if we look at the legislation, we will see that the Kharkiv Accords are still considered to be valid. At the same time, the constitution of Ukraine says for several years already that there can be no foreign military bases on our territory. In addition, we have cancelled the agreement on friendship, cooperation and partnership between Ukraine and Russia, which was concluded in 1997. Also, uh, in his opinion, today it is important to start investigating all the circumstances of signing those accords. As he explained, and I quote again, 
It is important now to start analyzing the circumstances of signing the accords. After all, by and large, the Black Sea Fleet of the Russian Federation was entrusted with protection of Ukraine's maritime borders. That is, a strategic decision was made to stop the development of the Ukrainian Navy. If the perpetrators are brought to justice, we will show that we, as a country, are in a very serious mood. Meanwhile, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine opposes the denunciation of the Kharkiv Accords. The ministry is convinced that Ukraine can seek compensation for violation of the accord's terms from Russia. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Oleg Nikolenko noted that the document signed in 2010 testified to Russia's violation of its legal obligations amid the temporary occupation of the Crimean Peninsula. The diplomat added that the foreign ministry opposed the denunciation of the Kharkiv Accords back in 2014 and the position had not changed over the seven years of war. In addition, Nikolenko stated that Russia had financial obligations to Ukraine for the deployment of the Black Sea Fleet in Crimea. Disregard for reciprocal payments creates grounds for debt claim. Um, the foreign ministry spokesperson said, I quote, the Ukrainian side is making systematic efforts to restore the violated rights of Ukraine. We will also revisit the issues of restitution, in particular under the agreement of the Black Sea Fleet of the Russian Federation. As a reminder, the Kharkiv Accords were signed on the 21st of April 2010 by President of Ukraine Viktor Yanukovych and President of the Russian Federation Dmitry Medvedev. According to the document, the deployment period for the Black Sea Fleet in Crimea was extended for 25 years in exchange for a discount on natural gas for Ukraine. The Verkhovna Rada ratified the accords on the 27th of April 2010. After Crimea had been occupied, the State Duma of the Russian Federation terminated the accords unilaterally. On the 11th of March this year, the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine instructed the Security Service of Ukraine to study the circumstances of the vote on the Kharkiv Accords by MPs of the Sixth Convocation and initiate criminal proceedings if a fact of treason is confirmed. On the 12th of March, members from the Servant of the People faction registered a bill called on denunciation of the agreement between Ukraine and the Russian Federation on the deployment of the Black Sea Fleet of the Russian Federation in the territory of Ukraine. So, and yeah, that was already it for this week's podcast. Uh, make sure, as usual, to share your thoughts with us. And yeah, if you want to have more information on Ukraine-EU-Russia relations and read other articles as well, you can, of course, always visit promoteukraine.org. And also, if you haven't done so yet, follow us on our social media and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and so on. And you can find us everywhere under the name Promote Ukraine. For now, I wish you a wonderful week and I'll see you next week with some fresh and new information.